Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. You know, I'm tackling my message today, Jesus, take my boat. <laughs> Jesus, take my boat. So let's go to Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11. Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11. This passage, you should be very familiar with it this year because this is where, this is the word that God gave us for this year. Uh, this is the promise that he gave us for this year. Uh, Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11. So I am going to start the reading. Uh, and I'm using the NIV. It says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and brought and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep or launch out into the deep and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, We have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, somebody say, because you say so, so. I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And... They came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up from the shore, up on shore. They left everything and they followed him. So I proclaim over you based on this word one more time that this year you will experience this grace that Peter experienced there in the name of Jesus. The grace that takes your emptiness and the fullness of Jesus Christ comes upon it. The grace that takes your presentations, the things that you present to him to use, and he multiplies it beyond your imagination. The grace that causes small labor to produce big results is upon your life this year in the name of Jesus Christ. The the grace that causes you to have success where you have failed before is upon you this year and the grace that causes you to have harvest 
where you came up with little or nothing before is upon you. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that the exponential grace of God is upon you. The grace that causes things to happen fast. The grace for divine acceleration is upon you. The grace that compresses many things into a, a small amount of time is upon you in the name of Jesus. In 2022, God will give you grace that you will accomplish in one year what will have taken you 10 years to accomplish. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare a grace of restoration. A restoration upon you. You know, Peter, Peter was disappointed because he had lost time. He had spent hours and hours and caught nothing. But when Jesus came, Jesus restored what he did not get, what he did not have, and even more. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that the things that you have lost, the time that you have lost, the things that, you know, in previous years should have come, but they did not come. I declare that this year you are going to experience recovery. You are going to experience restoration in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare that this year you are going to, your life is going to be overwhelmed with outstanding testimonies. Your partners, your family members. You know, people that know you, people that hear about it, they will be astonished. Just like Peter's partners were astonished. So they will be astonished because of what God is going to do in your life. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that this year, because of what God is doing in your life, people will come and they will come and join you as partners. You will have too much to share. You are going to have more than what you need for yourself, more than what you need for your family, more than what you need for all your needs. And you have plenty to share with others. In the name of Jesus, this, this year, people are going to benefit from what God has given to you. And I declare that everything that is in your life right now, that you know, right now at this moment looks like secular, it's like your business, it's like your job. But I declare that by, by the time this year is over, those things are going to become apostolic platforms. Apostolic platforms for God to glorify his name, for God to fish men. For God to bring people. I declare that what God is going to do this year is not, it's not going to lead you into pride. It's going to lead you into greater humility. It's going to lead you into greater seeking of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. What God is going to do this year in our lives, in your life, is going to lead us to greater consecration. And greater consecration. Greater manifestation of God. Soul winning through our lives, and Jesus will be glorified. I declare it over you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. We receive it, Lord. We receive it fully. So, that's God's promise to us, um, you know, this year. So, I want to encourage everyone to please, you know, when we send out the, uh, the 40 days of um of exponential all those scriptures i went through the entire bible and i looked for all the scriptures that have to do with exponential and multiplication that's what i compare and i started praying it you know since december so i want to share with everyone make sure you take some time to declare take time to to pray over it okay because we have to cooperate with god you know forever oh lord your word is settled in heaven but out of the mouth of two or three witnesses every word is established on the earth so we have to establish it in our own lives what he has said in the spirit, we need to establish it. So, you know, make sure you confess it and declare it. And if you're ahead of a family, make sure you do it. You lead your family 
to confess it and declare it's our exponential experience it's our exponential experience it's our exponential experience so 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 let's do that so uh, so throughout this year we're going to be following god on how you know every month you know it's going to be telling us okay these are the things you need to do you know to be able to experience the exponential so for this month uh what is leading us to um is this message that i'm preaching today that i try to jesus take my boat jesus take my take my boat take my boat you will notice that um the beginning of peter's story of experiencing this exponential started with peter making a presentation right it started with a presentation to jesus let's look at it it says in verse 1, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats. Notice that Jesus did not take the two boats. He got into one, a particular one. He chose a particular one. So I want you to know that, you know, based on god's word to us this year jesus is looking for boats that he could enter you know there are many boats that are that are that are available but jesus is going to choose certain boats to enter and i believe that jesus knew something that if he chose peter's boat peter was going to was going to be yielded for him to use it. God knows what will have happened if he had chosen another boat. We don't know. But he chose Peter's boat. So this month, we want to be in a position, we want to be in a place where God knows that our boats are available. Yes, yes, yes. That our boats are available. Because it's not just, it's not just that the boat is empty. You understand? The boat, the owner of the boat must also be willing. Because you go have an empty boat and you're not, you not willing for the master to use it. So it's important that not only the emptiness, you know, but also the availability. Not just the ability, but the availability. The availability. So it is important. So um, let's look, let, 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 let's continue looking at it. So I just wanted, what, what does the boat represent what does the boat represent let's just and um, let's just try and meditate on that what does the what does peter's boat represent if we're going to transfer it to our lives right now so first of all i'm sure we all know that peter's boat represented his livelihood right it represented that's what peter that's that's all peter had that's he was trained to be a fisherman that was his job that was his business that's what he did so Peter's boat represented his livelihood. And there's something about the livelihood of a person. <laughs> the livelihood of a person is more than just what you do. In some, in some ways, it is, it's like a representation of who you are. Because when, it's, when they look, for example, you know, when they met Jesus, you know, they say, is that not Jesus the carpenter? You know, or Peter the fisherman? You see people, they, you know, based, based on what you do, what you do, that's what you are called and identified. So Peter's boat represented his identity as a person. It represented his identity as a person. It represented his livelihood. Peter's boat represented 
what carries him. It was his transportation means. So I say it's, it's what carries him. What carries him. And then if you look at it, um, as, you, as you go on, you will realize that Peter's boat also represented what he was carrying. Because he said he was washing his, the net. And I told you, like, if you, if you meditate on that very well, you discover that he was in a particular state from the statement he's made. Lord, we have labored all night. We have worked out all night. We caught nothing. So basically, that boat represented something he was carrying too. Not just what carried him, but what he was also carrying. It, it represented his emotions at that time. It represented the feelings he had at that time. It represented the, the way he was feeling at that time. That's what that... So the boat is so significant. The boat is very significant. So for Peter to present that boat to Jesus, he wasn't just presenting a boat. He was presenting a whole lot of things. This is all we just talked about right now. He was presenting who he was. He was presenting what, um, what he had. He was presenting what carried him. He was presenting what he was carrying. He was presenting his emotion. He was presenting his, his status at that moment. He was presenting his future. Right? That's what he was presenting his future. Because that's, that's, that's his work. He was presenting even his past. Because that's what he was trained to be. That's what he did. Peter was a fisherman. So we can say that in Peter presenting the boat to Jesus on that day, Peter presented himself. He presented himself. That's what he did. So many times um, in the Bible, we discover that whenever God wants to ask for us, like he, he want, when he wants to, like when he wants to see where we are personally, he usually starts from natural things like possessions. For example, the way your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It will start from just natural things. That Will you give me that one? Will you, you know, he wanted to test Abraham. He said, go and offer Isaac. You know, so God tests where our heart is by what we do with our treasures. So the goal of this month is this particular word. The word is called consecration. Everybody say consecration. The, you know, consecration is the act of dedicating something, presenting something to God, devoting something to God for a service. That's what consecration is. So that's the goal of this month. Uh, uh, you know, we usually make sure that the month is, is that they, there's not as much activity. Do you get what I'm saying? As, you know, other months, we're going to kick off a lot of things and all that, you know, as we, you know, as we move on in the year. But in the month, in this month, the, what our focus personally, corporately, is just to offer ourselves to God, to spend time in prayer, to spend time to listen to Him, to spend time to listen so that we know the instructions to obey throughout the rest of the year. And it will speak specific things. So let's quickly look at um, a few things. I just want to share with you very quickly five things that God wants us to present to Him. Just like Peter presented his boat. What are some things that God would want us to present to him as we prepare for this exponential? What is he asking of us? What presentation is he asking asking, uh, us to make to him? The first thing is present who we are. He wants us to present who we are. Our persons. Our boat is who we are. 
He wants us to present who we are. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, starting from verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, starting from verse 1. The Bible was talking about the Macedonian, the people in the Macedonian church. Paul was talking about them and he said something about them. Look at it. He says, and now brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the, so you see, you see, it's a grace. It's a grace. When anytime you see grace, it's talking about the fact that it's by divine ability. It's not just by yourself. Even the presentation of ourselves is not going to be just by ourselves. It's going to be by the grace of God. He said, we want to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Verse 5 is where I'm going. He said, and they exceeded our expectation. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. The first presentation that God is asking us to make this year in preparation for this exponential that is about to do is ourselves. Ourselves. You as a person to present yourself to God. This is consecration. When we talk about presenting ourselves, we're talking about our hearts. That song says, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you everything. That's the first instruction this year. This month, make a presentation of yourself. Is there any part of you that you have reserved from giving over to God? This is the month. This is the time to present that to him, to tell God, have, have me, take my boat, take me, my entire life, my entire being, everything that I have been, everything that I am, and everything that I will ever be, I want you to take it, Lord. You know, the, the transformation in my life as a young person at the age of 18, I say it, it actually began a lot of things that, that happened in our life up until now was when I came to the revelation of this consecration. I read a book called The Man God Uses by Oswald J. Smith. And I remember that day I'd been running away from God. I was still young, 17, 18. I had gotten born again at 15. And then by, um, you know, 16, I'd received the call of God. And then I was running away from it because I had my own plans. I had you know, I had the way I wanted my life to be, what I wanted my life, you know, this is what I want and all that and, I, and everything. And God was merciful. He didn't leave me until that day in 1992. I read that book called The Man God Uses. And I remember that day. I started reading it like about 6 a.m. in the morning. And I read it throughout the whole day. And the book so convicted me because the book said, it said a whole bunch of things, but it said that, the life that God is going to use is a life that is ab placed absolutely at his disposal. In other words, that has no reserves. He said, present your past, present your present, and present your unknown future to me. He said, will your entire life over to me. And that word penetrated me. And I remember then I was working for my mom. She had a, a, like a tailoring supermarket where I was the one working for her then. And I, I was reading that book there. And I knelt down crying 
and I gave my life, entire life to God. Everything I was, I've been trying to keep and hide from. I said, take it, take it. You know, I broke a relationship. I did all. I just said, I'm going, I'm going with you. And that was the beginning for me, you know, supernaturally of what has led us to this place. That consecration. But that consecration had to be maintained all through the years. That we're going to hold on lightly to things. We're going to hold on lightly to things. Our whole life is placed at the absolute disposal of God. That's what God is telling us to do now. You don't know what he has for you yet. You don't know the plans. But you know, he said, I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans of good, not of evil. To give you a future and to give you a hope. You might think your plans are better. But his plans are better. Never in my world. The, the places that God has taken us, the things that we have seen, the joy that we have, and all that, never in my, my, in my life will I have experienced it. You know, in my own, in my own plans, what I wanted to do then. But I thank God for a life of adventure because of a life that is given over to God. So I want, you, I want everybody to pay attention to that. He wants, us to, he wants you to present who you are. Stop running away from him. Stop running away from him. Stop hiding anything from him. Give him yourself. He's your dad, father. And the plan he has for you is better than the one you have for yourself. The dreams that God has, has for you, right? The dreams, so the dreams that he has for you, compared to the dream you have for yourself, it's not, I mean, you can't even compare it at all. His dreams are vast. There are places it will take you that you are, that has never entered your mind. There are people that you will meet that have never entered your mind. There are things that are ahead of you that right that has never entered your mind. And there's no way that in your whole heart, Peter never knew. Can you imagine if Peter had not presented the boat that day, he might have died as a fisherman. But imagine what happened to Peter. Read the Acts of the Apostle. Read what we talk about right now. He became the foundation of the church. He became, I mean, he couldn't have dreamt of, dreamt of that by himself. If he had held on to his boat, he would have died with that boat. He would have died with that boat. Maybe he would have died as a very good fisherman. Who knows, right? But God wanted to make him a fisher of men. He wanted to make him an apostle to nation. He wanted to make him somebody that would still be reading his words up until now. But he had to get, let go of the boat. So give yourself to God. Amen. Number two. Number two, I said the first thing is present who you are. Number two, present what you have to him. Not just who you are. Present what you have to him. Your treasures, your talents, your time, and your possessions. That's the second aspect of consecration. First of all, who you are, who you are. I said, they first of all gave themselves to the Lord, right? And then they also give their possessions and all that. Present who you are and then present what you have. Present what you have. You see, every one of us, we need to get to a point where, where there's nothing that we possess that when God says, I want it, that you will withhold. And God is going to test you with little, little stuff. He said, either that is faithful in little, is faithful also in much. If you are not able to give him something, you know, like personally, you know, my, my thing is that if there's anything that is in my life that anytime I think about it, it is it's so special that in my heart, I feel like I'm so attached to it. 
I'm so attached to it. You know what? I start preparing to give it away. I learned that from long. I start preparing. I start preparing to let it go. I start preparing to let it, because that thing is beginning to take the. It's it's going to take is to take a place in my heart that nothing should take its place. Nothing should take its place. Everything, you know, and God is my witness. Everything right now that is in our lives, and God has blessed us with something. Everything that is in our life right now is at the disposal of God. You know, we just got the house and all that. If God to, if God says that house, I need it for my purpose. I need it for something. That's, he knows that it is, it is done. There's no argument. There's nothing. Everything. Finances, time, pr- treasure, car, whatever it is, is all at the disposal of God. And he knows it is our witness. God wants us to be at that point where there's nothing. There's nothing in our lives that he cannot ask us for. And we will say, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. When we're at that point, we're ready. We're positioning for the exponential. Because of time number three, what, what we need to present. Present. No, let me, let me read a passage for number two. Uh, that's in Matthew chapter six from verse 19 to 21. It says, don't store for yourself treasures on earth. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What is he saying? Is he saying that we shouldn't have things? No, we should have beautiful things. We should use beautiful things. But what he's saying is that make sure, make just make sure that your heart is not, is not in those things. Let your treasure be with him. Let your heart be with him. Let your trust, your trust be in him and not in those things. Because they will, all those things will fail. But only him will never fail. Everything. Present everything, your possessions to him, your talent, everything to him. Your dreams, present it to him. Number three, present what... We are supposed to present what we feel. Our bodies, our thinking, our emotions, everything. I told you that Peter's boat represented that too. Presenting our bodies, presenting our feelings, presenting our emotion, presenting our thinking. Romans chapter 12, from verse 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Romans 12, Romans 12 from verse 1. As living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is your true and proper worship. He wants us to present. Romans chapter 12 from verse 1. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And this is our true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you'll be able to to test and approve what God's will is. It's good, pleasing, and perfect will. He's saying that present your body and present your thinking. The thinking of 2021, the thinking of past years. You know, present it to God. Let him transform it. Let him change your thinking. Present your body to God. Present your members. Present from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. Make a presentation of it to God. 
because it's going to multiply you exponentially. But what it doesn't want to multiply something that will not reflect his glory. He wants to multiply what is going to reflect his glory. And that's why he wants us to present our bodies, our emotions and everything to him by his grace. Amen. Number number four in somebody that place. Number 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 four, uh, number five, right? Number four, number, number four, number four. I want to give you five. Number four. Present what you seek. Your choices, your pursuits, your plans, your steps, your hopes your dreams like what you seek present your desires your what you seek your choices your pursuits your plans your steps your hopes and your dreams remember the title of my message is lord take my boat what does the what does the boat imply the boat implies who you are the boat implies what you have. The boat implies your desires, your passion, what you carry. And then the boat implies your choices, what you seek, your choices, what you seek, what you seek. The boat implies that, what you seek. Present it to him. Present your choices to him. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said, I mean, this is something everybody knows it, but seek first. Everybody read it with me. Seek what? First. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. But he says that we have to prioritize what we seek we have to prioritize what we seek so this is going deep into our hearts it's going deep into you know our you know our thoughts what do we seek what are you seeking this year you can you can sit over there what 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 are we seeking this year what do we seek what is first in our lives you know peter had his hopes, he had his dreams, right? He wanted to, to fish. That was a fisherman. He wanted to have fishes. He had that. But what did he do? When Jesus said, in fact, maybe he wanted to even go home. Maybe he was even tired and all that. I've, I've fished all night, right? What did he do? He subjugated his own desires. He subjugated his own desires to what the master wanted. The master said, I want to preach to your boat. So, pull out. He had his feeling. He was human. You see, when you don't understand Christianity, you don't understand what God has called us into, you will think that everything that God tells you to do at every point in time is always something pleasurable. I can tell you that Isaac as Abraham go and sacrifice, sacrifice Isaac was not pleasurable. Jesus go to the cross, as we see from Gethsemane, 
was not pleasurable. In fact, Jesus said, I wish you would take this thing away, but not my will, but yours be done. It's not always pleasurable. It's not always, you know, what God tells us to do. It's not always like, you know, people think that, oh yeah, you know, come on. Anytime, you know, God is telling you to do everything is excited about you. No, we don't see that in the Bible. They said Moses had to, they said he had to forsake, he had to forego being, he had to forego being, uh, you know, Pharaoh's sons. He had to forego all that. He said he let go of the pleasure of sin for a season. Do you get what I'm saying? The pleasure of uh, that lasts for a season because it could have something more. That's what Hebrews 11 tells us. It could have something better. It is wrong. How do I say? It's a wrong teaching to, to think that what you have been called to as a believer, what God wants you to do is always going to be what your natural will wants to do. They said the cross of Jesus Christ represents something. God's will crossing out our home. Our will. And then God crosses it out. I have discovered that the most powerful part of my own life, my own work as a believer in my story, is when I present my will, my passion, my path, the way I want it to go to him and let his will cross it out. Now, when you do that, eventually, like Peter saw, when you do that, eventually when Peter saw, you, you get to the point of joy and the point of pleasure. But I'm saying that at the beginning, it's not always like that. It's not always like that. We're called to a life of consecration. We're called to a life where we'll say, Lord, this is what I feel like doing. This is my desire. This is my pleasure. This is what I want to do. But Lord, let your will be done. Take my boat. I want to go home, but take my boat. I don't really want to do this thing, but take my boat. But take my boat. Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 5 to 6. Proverbs 3 from verse 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Everybody say all. So that means a part, we can trust in God with a part of our hearts. But he's asking for all this year. He's asking for all. You know, you know why he says that? Because, you know, there's a way that we can trust. We can, we can trust in, <laughs> how do I say? We can have, um, how do I say? Divided trust. So there's God, right? And then there's another thing. We have, we have plan B. We have option B. If God doesn't work, <laughs> option C too. If God doesn't work, then this is what we're going to do. But remember, I said, no man can serve two masters. For either he will love one and hate the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. When it comes to the kingdom, according to this, you know, this story, parable of Jesus Christ, you have to put all your eggs in one basket when it comes to the kingdom. He said there was a man who found a field, who found a treasure that was buried in a field. He said, so is the kingdom of God. A man found a treasure that was buried in a field and he went and sold everything he had and purchased that field. 
So this man went and sold all his investment to purchase that field. What, it was, what Jesus was trying to tell us is that when it comes to the kingdom of God, you cannot keep some. You have to give everything into it. You have to put all your eggs in one basket, but there's treasure buried in there. And that man will not have regretted it. He said it was like, it's like a Martian. The kingdom of God is like a Martian who found, you know, they found a pearl of great price. And he went and sold everything that he had to buy that one pearl. The reason why is because everything that we need is inside that one pearl. God is asking for our undivided commitment to him. Undivided commitment to his kingdom. Let everything that we have, let everything that we have, let them all be subordinate and subjugated to this ultimate will of God. What the master wants to do, he wants to preach with the boat and reach the people. So let him have our boat. Somebody say, Jesus, take my boat. So the final one, number five, the final one. Let me, let me repeat what I've said so far, uh, just quickly, you know, um, just as a recap. G- Paul, Peter, G- Jesus met Peter that day and asked him to do one thing, to use his boat. Peter's boat represented a lot of things. And for us, translating this into our lives, what, what, when God says, give me your boat, what is he asking us? The first one I talked about is he's asking us to present who we have to him, our person, to consecrate our lives to him and give ourselves over to him. Number two, Peter's boat represents what we have, our treasures. He's asking us to present it to him, our talent, our time, and our possessions. Number three, Peter's boat represents our bodies, our thinking, our emotions. He's asking us to present our bodies to him, to present our thinking to him, to, to present you know, the way we used to think, our attitude and everything, and present it to him. Number four, Peter's boat represents our options, our choices, our pursuits, our plans, our steps, our hopes and dreams for the future. That was his livelihood. God is asking us to present our pursuit, our choice, our choices, our steps. This year, don't make decisions just based on your limited thinking. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on you know, on your understanding. Your understanding is too small to comprehend what He has in store for you. If you live based on your understanding, you will live in your own limitations. But if you live by His understanding, you will experience His unlimited grace. If Peter had gone by his own understanding, he wouldn't have fished during the day when he didn't catch anything during the night. But he decided to depend on the understanding of the master. This year, please, don't be limited by your own thinking, your own understanding. This is how it's supposed to be. Always evaluate your thinking in line with the word and what the Holy Spirit is saying part time. Even what you have said in the past, you know that. Evaluate it constantly. You know, is this, is this God? Is this God? You know, personally, I've, I've, you know, I've lived in my understanding, you know, 
at different times, like I've you know allowed my understanding to cloud what God is trying to do. But God is merciful that when I'm trying to do anything by my own understanding, God just comes in and walks. And then when I see his own understanding and his own path, and I'll say, wow, so this is what he had in mind. I had no idea. You understand? We can't live by our own understanding. The, fi- the final one, number five. Like I told you, not only was Peter's boat what was carrying him, what was transporting, he also represented what he carried at that time, the burden that he had. Because it was, an, it was empty. It was a concern from his statement. I've toiled all night and nothing happened. So present to God what you carry, your burdens, your pains, your emptiness. For 2022, present your burdens to him. You know, I've been saying it in the house, you know, my wife, and I said, 2022 is my worry-free year. I said, it's my jo- it's a year of constant joy. It's my year of like absolute dependence on God. I'm not going to be bothered by nothing. You know, I'm going to present my cares to him. I want him to have my boat. I want him to take my cares. First Peter chapter 5 from verse 6 to 7. Humble yourselves. When we present our worries and concerns and cares and all these things to God, it's a sign of humility. When we hold on to them, it's a sign that we think that we can still solve them ourselves. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So I told God, I said, you know, basically, you know, uh, I mean, transparently, just like Paul when he was writing in Second Corinthians, my, 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 uh, my anxieties are, you know, they are related, my major anxieties are related to ministry, you know. Like, you know, for my personal self, you know, maybe a little bit, you know, that come, maybe some for my family, you know, with my children right now, you know, I'm concerned, okay, we're going to college, which college is he going to go to? Okay, if he goes to college right now, is he still going to continue studying God? You know, you know, all those, all those kind of thoughts, you know, will be coming. Oh, okay, what, what, what is that? You know, children, oh yeah, you know, he's driving right now. Oh, he's driving, you know, it's now, you know, snow. Uh, what do you call uh, you know what is driving you know what if he had his key then you know and you know all those kind of you know petty stuff those things come they come you know then there is you know the ministry you know anxiety okay okay right now okay so what's gonna happen what's gonna happen now okay south side and, and then the north side and then glow church okay uh, you know what what about the the building what about you know these uh, what's gonna happen this year and then you know the lbc and this thing in this nation and all that and all those things start bombarding like they start coming you know what if this happened what if that happened what if that happens right anxieties and concerns and we all do that we all have that but god says present it to me Present it all to me. Cast everything to me. And listen, I've learned, even though those things try to come as temptation, but I have learned it over the years. It's one of the first lessons of faith that I learned. And I'm going to end with that. One of the first lessons of faith. Um, when I was a very, very, very young believer, I became the pastor of a church. I was told to pastor a fellowship, and um, I was pastoring that. That's what became, you know, became King's Word here. So very tiny in, you know, in Ife then. And I, I started pastoring. And the, the devil told me, he said, now that you have started pastoring this thing, 
think we're about I don't know, maybe 15 or so of us or whatever. I said, this, is, this thing is going to, this church, this thing, just now that you're pastoring, it's going to scatter. Like, this is the end of this church. This church is in trouble because you are the pastor. <laughs> so that was, that was how I came into pastoring. Every fear. Every fear. You know, I just had that belief that because I'd never done, you know, I'd done something, but I'd never done something like that before, like pastoring people and being responsible and all that. So that that's it. First of all, what are you going to preach? Listen, you have four, four, four years in this college. What are you going to preach for four years? Every Sunday. <laughs> what will you be, what will you tell these people? They're going to walk away because they, they, they walk away. What are you going to tell them every, every, so question of what am I going to preach? How are you going to deal with, you know, the problem? How are you going to do, you know, do all that? So that thing was bothering me so much. And then I remember that day as I was praying about this thing, and I remember God speaking to me, this casting all your cares on him. I read it in the Amplified Classic. It said, casting all your cares, anxieties, and concerns on him once and for all. Once and for all. Please look for an Amplified Classic, AMPC, of that, of that passage. It said, once and for all. So there was a revelation I got in there, once and for all. And it says, because he cares for you affectionately. And he cares about you watchfully. He cares about you affectionately. And he cares about you watchfully. One, but the once and for all was what, was what got me. So I got a revelation then that the casting of my cares is not just supposed to be something I have to do every time, every time, every time. That I could actually just say, God, I roll everything into your hand from this day. Once and for all. And then, as I was studying, yes, I, I saw, as I was studying it, I saw that the word cast in that place, the word used for cast in that place, is actually, you know, a very forceful verb in the Greek. You know, it's the same word that was used when it says, cast out, they shall cast out devils. It's ekbalo, you know, in the Greek, it's like forcefully. Yeah. So I saw that actually what he was saying in that place is that slam your cares on me. Slam it. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and he cares about you watchfully. So I took that step then. I said, God, I remember that. I said, God, if this church or this ministry is going to collapse, I'm going to let it collapse in your hand because it's not in my hand anymore. <laughs> I said, I'm just going to go to this place. I'm going to share whatever I have to share. I'll do whatever I have to do. The rest is in your hand. I said, from today onward, I will never worry about ministry. I'll never worry about money. I'll never worry about all those stuff. That step, that day, over 20-something years ago, that thing, that decision has kept us through years and years and many challenges. To the point that when I were able to make decisions without all the worries concerned around it, but the temptations will still come. You I'm saying, but you go back to that. You know, I cast it on God, so I'm not going to worry. I'm not worried. I'm not going to worry about that. 
even if you are not there, is there. I want you to do the same thing concerning this year, concerning everything, your children, everything that concerns you. Don't let the devil, he will bring it, but don't let any care enter you. Don't let water into your boat. Don't let any care enter into you. Cast it all on God. It's all going to work out. Amen. It's all going to work out because God is working it out. So that's the message that I have for you today. Jesus, take my boat. Let's rise up on our feet and let's, let's just practice this and uh, present, present it to God. Thanks for listening to The Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more contents from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.